Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag college football. Three wideouts to the right of Book. Ball in the middle of the field. He's in the shotgun. Jones motions out. Book keeps it himself across the 10. Five. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Ian Book from the shotgun. Claps for the ball. Play action. Drops straight back over the middle. Has Tommy Tremble at the two. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, ranked number nine in the country, pulls away and beats Louisville in their opener, 35-17. Ian Book, the Irish quarterback, throws for a TD, runs for a TD, and they're off Catches to a one start. Touchdown, Notre Dame! What was that? Touchdown, Notre Dame! Listen to what the man said. They may be number nine in the AP, but not in Stewie Mandel. Out with Notre Dame. In with Utah. How's the old neighborhood handling that Notre Dame win? They thrilled? Well, they were partying every time we heard the phrase, Touchdown Notre Dame! (laughs) Notre Dame scoring in every quarter, pulling away late and winning 35-17. Now we look forward to the second weekend. Some of the big games out there. Number 12, Texas A&M. And number one, Clemson. Y'all geeked up for that? Heck yeah, I want to see what Johnny Manziel can do. Uh, bad news on that front. You ever party with him? <laughs> you would disagree if you saw that. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Zeke is as capable as anybody I know. You know, he's an experienced player. He's been a really good player for us. He knows our system of football. I don't think there'll be a lot of learning there. He's a smart guy. He's an instinctive guy. But again, that's a hypothetical. We're just focused on the guys we have right now. We're going to go practice as well as we can to prepare the right way to play the Giants. There's Jason Garrett tap dancing all over uh, Ezekiel Elliott. When does he have to practice? Does he have to practice before he plays? What if he gets a contract now in a couple days? Is he going to go in the opener? You call me as soon as you find out. I will let you know. Indianapolis Colts have agreed to a two-year, $30 million deal, which Kobe Brissett, their new starting quarterback, he's got $20 million guaranteed. He's the only guy in Indianapolis happy that Andrew Luck retired. <laughs> uh, it's really sad. and I'm, He took uh, out a full-page ad in the Indianapolis Star thanking Andrew Luck. Thanks, Andrew. Get out. Stay out. Colts are touchdown underdogs against the Chargers to open the season. i got to go out to L.A. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Another win for Australia at the World Cup. Joe Ingles, another big stat line in the 81-68 win. Ingles, 17 points, 10 rebounds, and 9 assists. So close to the triple-double, PK. A single assist would have done it. Afterwards, he said, I didn't know that, and even though I know now, it still doesn't really bother me. The only goal was win the game. Australia wins. They improved to 2-0. One yeah, more game here. At his age, he's not really interested in any statistical categories and just doesn't matter he's got his money uh, he's got his fame 
got all that, all the stuff that the game can give you beyond the wins he's got. So now it's just about the winning. Kind of a common story with older guys, and Australia thinks they got a pretty good team and a chance to medal. Maybe one of the better medals. Yeah, I'm not sure what out. the Gold Club medal is, I mean, but if you're going to play any form of a tournament, the Might goal well is try to, to go win. get it. I don't know to the Australians how this stacks up in this tournament versus the Olympics or whatever tournament versus that tournament. I don't know any of that stuff, but I know that if you have a tournament and scores are being kept, the point is to win. It's not practice, so yeah, you want to win it. All right, Team USA and Team France in action this morning. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. What time? Yak, what time? Team USA actually tips off here in the next little bit. I don't remember when France tips Is off. Is it on though. TV? I will check. Try NBA TV. Oh, that's what I'm going to look Yeah, our first guess, right? All right, we'll keep you updated on that. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Swung on, hit high and deep. Right field, Aquino back. Track, wall, leaps and gone! Bryce Harper has homered to right. A two-run home run. It's the third of the day for the Phillies and the 30th of the year for Harper. Swung on, hit high and deep. Right field, Aquino back. Track, wall, leaps and gone! Bryce Harper has homered to right. A two-run home run. It's the third of the day for the Phillies and the 30th of the year. It was so good, we heard it twice. That was supposed to be Cody Bellinger, but okay. Cody Bellinger, one of the many home runs the Rockies gave up as the Dodgers crushed Seven. them. Seven. Jock Peterson, Chris Taylor, both homer twice. Cody Bellinger hit his out one after another. 16 to 9. for Belly. He leads the MLB. Not by much, right? Because didn't Yelich hit 43 last night? You don't Tight need, race. You don't need to lead by much. You only need well, to lead by one. If you're going to win the home run title, though, it's going to go right down to the bitter end. Unless they rest. I don't guys. know. It's going to be bitter. I think it's going to be joyous. Bryce Harper hit his 30th home run. Phillies beat the Reds 7-1. Cubs win. Cubs win. Cubs win. But there's still three games back at St. Louis and the National League Central after a 5-1 win over the Mariners. DJ PK. Headlines, what is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Val Hale, former BYU AD, is going to join us at 7.30. Talk with him about the state of the Cougar program. we got a question up at Facebook. There has been much wailing and gnashing of teeth, T- PK. A lot of angst about the state of BYU's football program. I don't see it. Is it really that bad? We will get to that coming up. And we'll talk with Val Hale about it next. Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Networks, will be here at 830. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Ninth-ranked Notre Dame opens the season with a 35-17 win over Louisville. South Carolina true freshman quarterback Tyler, not Tyler Holinsky, Ryan Holinsky, younger brother of former Washington State quarterback Tyler Holinsky, is expected to start for the Gamecocks this week. 
senior starter Jake Bentley suffered a foot injury in the loss to North Carolina over the weekend. Major League Baseball, Noah Syndergaard striking out 10 batters over seven innings. Strong outing as the Mets beat the Nationals 7-3. Yankees were shut out for the first time since June 30 of 2018. It's a span of 220 games. They lost the Texas Rangers 7-0. Salt Lake Bees closed out their season with a 7-1 loss to the Reno Aces. The Bees finished 2019 in third place in the Pacific Coast League's Pacific Southern Division. Top of the wire, brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park right and save. That's Diamond Airport Parking. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Riley Jensen, the quarterback. You know, I've been listening to you guys a lot this fall. It's been really fun to listen to you guys, so thanks for all that you guys do. Thanks for what you do, man. Appreciate the time. Sounds good, guys. Thanks, Tony. You bet. And Aussie doesn't thank you. How about welcome, that? Riley. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. Tony, you're doing a great job. I don't know who that bozo is with you, but uh, way to carry him. Hey, yeah. they cut me off. I cleared my throat and I said, thanks, Austin. Uh-huh. They cut me off. Yeah. Don't you dare. Uh-huh. Don't you dare. I'll hey, talk to you guys later. I'm not going to let thanks, it get in bro. my head. That's, I'm going to take Appreciate Riley's advice. You. I'm just saying. I was thanking you. They cut me off. I love you, man. Thanks. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes Your Toast brought to you by Master Electrical Service and Master Electrical will light up your day. Give us a call at 801-543-2222. We'll be right on our way. That's 801-543-2222. So the U.S. and France are playing right now, and uh, Donovan Mitchell's struggling, PK. One of five shooting the ball in the first half. He's got Mm. three points. Overrated. U.S. leads Turkey at halftime, 47-42. Mm. Gobert's got six points, eight boards, and two blocks, and France is blowing out Jordan 50-33 at the half. So there you go. Old business taken care of. Now, I'll keep you updated on the second half of those games yeah, as they continue. do it bucket by bucket. Okay, probably not that often, but we'll have something for you. Who are they playing again? U.S. is playing Turkey. France is playing Jordan. Gobble, gobble. Ilya Silva's had a big first half to keep uh, Turkey within five. All right, question of the morning. DJ and PK, so much angst about the state of BYU's football program. Is it really that bad? (laughs) Why are you laughing? Well, I think it's really that bad compared to Utah. Utah obviously has far superseded what the Cougars are able to do. And when you look at it, why shouldn't it be? They're in a conference. You're not. They don't have the restrictions with the honor code and all that stuff. You do. They spend money way more than you spend money. Uh, the what did they send? They they were we don't know about Stanford and SC because they're private, but they spent more money than anybody else in recruiting. And we know BYU just doesn't do that type of stuff. So, you know, they're not on the level Utah of uh, some of these SEC schools who pay outrageous amounts of money and spend outrageous amounts of money but Utah is getting what they paid for certainly relative to BYU so you've got to go beyond that 
And where are they as far as compared to the other stuff? And I thought that what Tom Homo said at that church education thing that they have in the end of August, uh, that the uh, guys who work for the newspapers cover, if you want me to schedule 10 wins, I can. So if you want more wins, then go back to the scheduling that you had for many, many years. Schedule a bunch of Mountain West teams. And, you know, I realize you've lost to some Mountain West teams here recently. But I believe that is somewhat of a dip. And you can get back to beating those teams consistently. But they are who they are. And what what really has changed? Well, the Power Fives pulled away from the rest of college football. Except, go, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I think that... The perception the BYU fans had, and it'd be interesting to see the, a reaction to this among people who are 20, 30, 40, 50. What do you remember? The people who remember the 80s and 90s who want BYU to be a top 15 team in the Power Five era, I don't know that that's possible. Maybe there'll be I an do. outlier season or two, but it seems like that's a big ask. Just play the, those teams that you played back then that allowed you to get to that get ranking. The big, get to the big yeah, record. Power Fives have, has pulled away. The fact is, the University of Arizona has not pulled away from BYU. That, and that's why I went top 15. You're right, Arizona hasn't. They beat them <laughs> twice. I think the bottom of the Power Five, even the middle of the top Power Five, is still reachable for BYU. So I wouldn't have a lot of angst. It'll be a year-to-year question, you know. The, the, the problem with the Utes, that, that bugs a lot of BYU fans. Yeah. But you just, you just came up with a list of reasons why, well, I got bad news for you. That's, as long as Kyle is there, that is likely to continue to bother. It should bother. be anybody who's there. It should be, but it won't necessarily be. Well, you don't know that it won't necessarily be either, though. I agree with that. So I agree. You, we're I don't speculating know. on that. Right. Let's deal with what we have now. As long as Kyle is there, it's going to be a problem. That, that is going to be a problem. They've got the resources. He knows how to do it. He's proven he knows how to do it. He's going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you want to have angst over the pro- program long term, I get that. You know, do they need to get into a Power Five conference? Yes. How long can they sustain this? Not very long. So if you have, if that's why you have angst, I well, get it. What are it. you trying to sustain? Again, that goes back to a 25-year-old, a 50-year-old, a 70-year-old are all going to answer that differently well, depending on what they remember. play the teams that you played to get those rankings. Okay, but there are BYU fans who will say, okay, I get that, but we are losing to Mountain West teams. We have lost to Nevada. We've lost to Boise State consistently. Now we've lost the last couple to Utah State. Mm-hmm, I believe hey, that's a dip. Hey, what's going on here? <laughs> that's, that, that's causing people angst. I believe that's a dip. Then you shouldn't have a lot of angst. I don't. Perfect. It worked out very well. But I don't have a you know the emotional investment that the fans do. I'm not trying to recapture something. Right. I mean, I don't. You're not. If you want to recapture it, then play the teams that you recaptured it. Unfortunately for you, Long Beach State doesn't play football anymore. Dang it. So go play those teams, like Tom Holmes said. Schedule ten wins. He can schedule New Mexico State. Then go do it. He's done it. Do it again. He could. He doesn't want to. Knock off all these these power fives. Because you didn't consistently beat them. Lavelle Edwards, was his bowl record? 7-15? and 15? He's playing a lot of top 15 With teams. With a tie in there? Yeah. If you look, he played a lot of top 15 bowl teams. He doesn't and, consistently beat those teams. Yeah. 
They're not consistently beating them now. They didn't consistently beat them then. New Mexico will take a home and home anytime you want it. I promise you they will. Schedule them. UNLV, baby. Give them a ring. Schedule. UNLV will take it, too. They, you'll put butts in seats in UNLV. Absolutely. They're gonna be We've been there a stadium. thousand times. They're going to be in a big stadium trying to fill it. Yeah, we've Don't seen it. The, the, the Vegas Bowl ought to be named the BYU Bowl. You know, the, the BYU Field at the Las Vegas Bowl. <laughs> I mean, they, they literally saved that bowl from distinction. Distinction? Mm-hmm. They gave it distinction. Saved it from... I don't want to get into it. You want extinction? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to say instinction and be made fun of. <laughs> but I didn't say that as far as you know. Okay, they allowed it to have distinction and saved it from extinction. And I, I, that just came to me instinctively. Awesome. <laughs> so. There are a lot of fans who, aside from the Power Five issue, because it would be unanimous if the Big 12 invites, everyone would, you know, run but there's a debate about whether they'd be off be better off in the mountain west or in independence well financially there's no question you'd be better off uh in as an independent and i was talking to somebody yesterday says as a fan i don't really care about the money right because you don't have to pay it (laughs) of course you don't i don't care either you care about it when i want the jazz to go sign the richest player out there it's not my money (laughs) but you care when they don't have money to pay good assistant coaches or they don't have money for a recruiting budget or they don't have money for facilities or whatever. As a Jazz fan, I hope they go $100 million over the cap. What do I care? just want them to win. What's in it for me? So, yeah, it's easy to say, well, I'd rather have them be in the Mountain West and lose, not make as much money, as opposed to being independents. Yeah, because you don't have to pay any bills. You don't have to answer these folks downtown here. Your, your program, what is it, red and black? Which one is I don't know why they can't just say deficit and profit. Red and black. I mean, they, just use red words that I can understand. Is red good? Is bad? Red's bad. Red's losing money. Yeah. When you're in the black, you're making money. Okay, why don't they just say that? Um, uh, and then there's no confusion. I don't know. I still don't know. I already forgot it what pro- you just said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure some accountant can give us the history. I mean, if they were accounting. losing millions, these folks down here, these older gentlemen who run the show, would they be thinking, well, eh, is this something we need to be doing? Uh, so, yeah, they, Joe uh, Blow fan down there, he doesn't have to answer to that. Probably be closing doors. Yeah. BYU-Idaho. BYU-Hawaii. BYU-Provo. Next. I mean, come on, guys. Val Hale, former BYU AD, joins us now. He's on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Val, good morning. Good morning, DJ. How you doing? I'm doing all right. We have, uh, we have the, the question of the morning. Uh, so much angst about the state of BYU's football program. Is it really that bad? We can get into some of the details, but, you know, how are you feeling about the state of BYU's football program right now? Big picture before we dive into the details. <laughs> well, big picture, it's always tough to answer that question the week after a Utah loss. Um, I think, you know, I, I think that we're going to find out a whole lot more over the next two or three weeks. If the program goes 0-4 or 0-5 to start the season, then I think there's going to be a lot of consternation. If they can write themselves and win a couple of games, I think that it will uh, 
you know, it'll set the stage for the rest of the year and maybe get some people to calm down. But it's always tough to look at the big picture right after you lose to your arch rival for the ninth time in a row, I might add. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that uh, there's probably been uh, a lot of maybe legitimate concern about the program over the last few years. I think the coaches in the athletic department are trying to make some changes to get things righted. And, uh, you know, I'm one who hopes that, that Kalani is going to do it. I really like Kalani. He's a great guy and his staff. I know many of them on the staff, and I hope that they can do that. When you say make some changes, what are you talking about? Well, they've made, uh, you know, starting with trying to bring in assistant coaches, trying to, you know, different coaches. They've tried to, uh, they've tried to, I think, um, add some discipline. They've tried to uh, change the format a little bit. When I say the format, the uh, the offense a little bit. So I think they're trying to make some adjustments and changes in the program and the way they do things and the way they coach and the way they um, run the program. And I haven't been close to the program necessarily. So I, you know, I'm, I'm just basing all of this on things that I've heard from others. Val Hale, former BYU AD joining us. So I remember when you were running the show, and now that's coming up on like 20 years or so, but not just then. I mean, through the 90s and the early 2000s, I think one thing you could hear from a lot of people, BYU assistant coaches, coaches, ADs, if BYU is going to be good, they have to get the best Mormon athletes. And I think one of the, uh, at least from my perspective, one of the unexpected things about Utah going to the Pac-12 was how much Pac-12 schools have shown up to recruit Utah. And in fact, there's six return missionaries on the Stanford roster. Now, some people say, hey, the pool of LDS athletes is getting bigger, so that isn't that big an issue. Do you view it as a big issue? Uh, Yes, I do view it as a big issue. I think that, uh, you know, you're right. BYU's bread and butter for years was getting the best LDS athletes. That's that's what BYU did. We always lost a few here and there, but uh, now that that Utah is in the Pac-12, uh, and you know these other Pac-12 schools have identified uh, these LDS athletes and are recruiting them, it makes it much more difficult for BYU. I think independence in football specifically. Has, has somewhat hurt the program. I, I think it's hurt it in a number of respects. I think it's hurt it from a recruiting standpoint. I think it's hurt it from an attendance standpoint. I think that, uh, you know, I had one BYU assistant coach years ago who told me, he said, the toughest thing that I recruit against is Stanford. If Stanford offers an LDS kid a scholarship, I have a hard time going into that home and saying, young man, you should come to BYU. Because if it were my son, I would love my son to go to Stanford. And and now I think Utah, you know, with their Pac-12 uh, relationship and the fact that you have someone, for me, the kind of the canary in the coal mine was Britton Covey. When Britton Covey decided to go to Utah, this is a kid who was born and bred to go to BYU. And when he went to Utah, I was really worried because I said, this is going to open the spigot. 
And you're going to start to see other LDS kids who follow this kid and say, hey, this kid, you know, he's, he's going on a mission. He, he's a kid who was who was basically signed, sealed, delivered to BYU if he wanted to go. But now he's at Utah. And that's always been to me kind of like I always worried about that because with his success at Utah, other Mormon kids are saying, hey, you know what, I can do that too. And it just makes it harder for BYU to recruit, especially when they're playing, you know, you got kids who are, who are not going to be able to be all conference because there isn't a conference. Kids who aren't playing for a conference championship because there isn't one. I think those are some of the challenges that BYU is facing right now. How about the money situation, Val? For years, BYU, it's almost like, and you, you were a part of it too, so you can speak to it very much so, it's almost like I felt the impression, got the impression that they reveled in the fact that, hey, we're cheap, and we're not going to pay market value, and that's just the way it is, and they basked in it as if it was a sign of honor that this is what we do. Look at how much we accomplish without being outrageous with the salaries. And so now you're in this situation where these teams around you, particularly the Pac-12, and Utah led the conference, its own very conference in the Pac-12, except we don't know about SC and Stanford, in recruiting. And I've had BYU coaches for 25 years that I've been around off to the side complain about this stuff about not putting in it's not necessarily money in their pockets but money to do their jobs obviously everybody wants money in their pockets but money to do their jobs is there any way possible BYU and I know they've made improvements but it seems to me they still have a long way to go is there any way possible they can step that game up well BYU will never be in the league with an Ohio State or you know the Floridas of the world some of those schools they never will be I think they are uh quite a ways ahead of where they were when I was at BYU. You're right. When I, I'll just tell you, when I became athletic director, Lavelle's salary, this is the fourth winningest coach in the history of college football at the time, was barely six figures. Now, that, you know, he had other salary, other things to compensate for the salary. He had, you know, the shoe contract and TV contract and things like that. But, you know, Lavelle never came in once and asked for a raise. That was just something he would not do. And uh, his assistant coaches kind of realized that, and so they they were willing to kind of put up with what what they got. Now, after Lavelle left, then things started to, to elevate, and I think that uh, the the whole assistant coach salaries, the head coach salaries, all of those things started to uh, – started to bubble up a little bit and I think BYU's been much better now at paying better salaries I don't know what they are but I'm guessing that they're a little bit more competitive but they will never be you know um, what some of the big schools are paying just because I think the the LDS church would not want to have the perception that they were paying a football coach that much money you know it, it just kind of there are those people out there who still think that that tithing money is paying for the program. And that image just doesn't fly. But, you know, I think BYU's done a much better job recently fundraising. I think they've got donors who are willing to kick in and help the coaches' salaries. I started a program there called the Coaches Circle uh, when Gary Croton was there, where we uh, 
we got people to put money in for, for a deferred payment to the coach if he stuck around for a while. And I think that's really been elevated. So they're trying to address the situation. But if you, I used to tell coaches when I was talking to them about coming to BYU, I said, if you're mainly interested in money, don't come to BYU. Just don't come because we will never pay what you can make at other schools. You know, we uh, we put this question up about uh, the angst over BYU football, and, and, and it's usually up overnight, and a lot of people comment, and we'll get to some of those coming up. But there are a lot of people who are, who are like you are saying, hey, independence, that's, that's a problem. they got to go to the league. they got to go back to the Mountain West. Would going to the Mountain West land some of those kids where you talk about uh, Britton Covey being the canary in the coal mine? Would it land some of those kids or – any kid who can go to the Pac-12 is going to pick the Pac-12 over the Mountain West, and you're going to get a very small percentage of those kids, and it wouldn't really change things. What do you think? You know, I think that uh, for the most part, if, if someone is set on playing in the Pac-12, they're going to go there. But the thing that it does, when you look at Boise State, Boise State has managed to – Boise State was the BYU of the of the 90s, early to, and maybe the first decade of the 2000s. You know, the, team, the school that – came out of nowhere that that uh, re- revolutionized things was very innovative with its offense uh, and they played in in a couple in a, a few years ago they played in a New Year's Day bowl game the Fiesta Bowl with two losses there's no way as an independent BYU's going to get to a New Year's Day bowl game unless they pretty much go undefeated or have a phenomenal year with one loss or something but if you can get to the to a New Year's Day bowl game in the Mountain West Conference, you've got something to dangle in front of your recruits. And right now, I, I just think that it's really tough for BYU to dangle some, you know, that type of a promise in front of a recruit. But you know, BYU for years made their bread and butter playing in the whack and then playing three or four non-conference games. Two or three of those games were against power, what we call Power 5 teams now, and they won one or two of those games a year typically. And then they would finish in the top 25. And that's what BYU did almost every year under Lavelle. And, and then you had a 1996 and a 1984 and, you know, some of those years that were a little bit different. And and uh, that's, that's how they – survived and I think they can still survive in, under that model they may not get the top athletes that, that still want to go to the Pac-12 but they're going to get good enough athletes I think to compete for that conference championship every year and then maybe once a decade have a banner you know exceptional year where they finish in the top 10 or the top 12 you know in that area it's just that's just kind of what BYU's been over the last 30 years 35 years yeah, I think that's the key. You look at Boise's schedule this year. They've obviously got the eight conference games. We know who those teams are in the Mountain West. And they're non-conference. they got the long-time schedule with BYU. And they played Florida State. Now they beat them down in Tallahassee. But then they got Marshall and Portland State. And, you know, they're set up for a whole slew of wins here because they managed to beat those guys, uh, Florida State. You look at last year. Uh, you, you know they, 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 they were viewed as having a, a decent season, and they're again BYU and Troy and UConn and Oklahoma State. Okay, so you got two gimmies 
maybe uh, the cynic would say three against the Cougars, and the big game, Oklahoma State, and they lost by 23 points. But yet the folks are you know, fairly happy in Boise. So is simply the answer to just dumb down the schedule and do what you said that? I mean, Boise goes 11-3 and three last year. Everybody's excited. They're 8-1 and one in the conference. Or I guess that was two years ago. Uh, they, they, two, I'm just looking at their schedules. They lost to Virginia and Washington State. And, you know, they're playing Troy again. And there you go. They've got a decent team and nice record, but not necessarily glossy opponents. So should be why you just dumb it down. Well, you know, and I, I wouldn't necessarily say dumb it down. Um, the, thing, the thing for BYU, we used to always try to get at least two really good teams. And if you won one or two of those games and then won your conference, you're going to do well. You're going to probably be in the top 25. But, yeah, you, you know, you still have – you still have the option to play your your power fives and then maybe some of the lower level power fives and then somebody like uh, you know like a Boise State who's who's maybe not in a power five but it's still a good program. I, I I've always been a believer that you try to keep your schedule good, not phenomenal. I mean, one year when I was athletic director, we had on the schedule that year. Uh, Boise State, which I think went undefeated that year, they did. Utah, which Utah State went under, Utah went undefeated that year, they did. And USC, they did. USC won the national championship that year. Well, a little fact that a lot of people don't know, we were also supposed to play that year LSU, which went undefeated and won the national championship. We would have had four teams, and I don't know if LSU won undefeated, but they won the national championship. We'd have had four teams on that schedule. Who, uh, who went undefeated. We ended up moving the, the LSU game so we didn't have to play them. Now, that's overkill. That's the other direction that you don't want to go. But it's, you know, I, I've always believed in a tough schedule and playing top teams. But the thing about playing in your conference, especially if you're talking the Mountain West, you're going to have those built-in games that you should win, you know, and, and we call them gimmies or whatever. In the, in the Mountain West Conference, there were always two or three, four of those teams that, you know, it was – they were teams that you should win every year. And then you had your rival games that were, you know, you knew they were going to be a battle. And if you could just get through that schedule and then win, again, one or two, or if you're really good, three of those other games, you know, then you had a really special season. And people were thrilled. And – I, I just I just think that this whole independence thing makes makes life a lot more difficult for BYU than than it would be if they were in a conference. So you're and ideally they'd be they'd be in a Power Five conference, but they're not likely to be in one anytime soon. So would you advocate going into an, uh, the G five as they call them then, since they're not likely to be in a Power Five anytime soon? Well, my opinion is that they're better off in a conference than they are out of a conference. Okay. Now, how that happens, I don't know. I don't know if the Mountain West Conference would ever take them back. Um, they might, but I don't know where they would go. I, I don't know what the options are at this point. I just know how difficult it is to be an independent. Even Notre Dame, you know, they find independence a little bit difficult, and they, and they can pretty much write their own tickets. 
you think it would help if they went to Craig Thompson and said we're sorry and said pretty please? <laughs> uh, well, I, I think at, at some point if they want to take that step, that's what they're going to have to do. And I don't know what Craig Thompson would say. We'll leave it there, Val. Appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on, folks. Val Hale, former BYU AD, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What is that thing on Britton Covey? What was he, something in a... Canary in a cold mine. Let's see. I've never heard of that. You serious? I kid you not. Really? I've heard of it. What's... Why is that an oxymoron? Well, I don't think it is an oxymoron, but canaries would go into coal mines, and if there was gas, if there was enough oxygen and or uh-huh. whatever, uh-huh. it would kill the canary first, and the people knew to get out. Oh, they did? Yeah. So the people know to get out here because Britton Covey went to Utah? There's a sign that's trouble is brewing, I think, is the analogy that he was using. Trouble is brewing? Trouble is brewing. Because a 5'8", 145-pound kid chose Utah? Could have helped BYU. Now he's helping Utah. He is. To Val's point about scheduling, the 96-team he brought up is, you know, the exception that really broke out and had a great season. They scheduled Texas A&M and Washington. They beat A&M at home. They lost at Washington. They split those two games. They won everything else. Yeah. Eighth, like to your point three about... Three and eight A&M team. To, uh, I think it was... I think it was six, six and six. Hey, when it was all said. Don't and done, you denigrate right? Dat Wen's name? Come on. I think it was. I think it was six and six when it was all done. But I was uh, there. I was your... there as a fan in that stadium. Oh, that really? Day. Yeah. Yeah, I was working. I was there as well, standing on the sideline. I got invited. To your point about lightening up the schedule, the other non-conference games: Utah State in an era when they were really struggling, and Arkansas State. ASU. <laughs> the other ASU. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to both ASUs. <laughs> Uh, get, so then just do that. Just That's the answer for now. Play two big games instead of four. But I'll tell you why they can't do that. We'll get to that next. DJ and PK, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Listen Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to KISS. On what will be their final tour, KISS is headed to Utah. The End of the Road World Tour with guests Royal Bliss is coming to USANA Amphitheater on Saturday, September 14th. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. You really believe this is Kiss's last tour? Uh, I have no idea. I don't care either way. Do whatever <laughs> they want. Hadn't contemplated it. All right. For the break, you were going to tell us why they can't do that, why they can't go from four Power Five games a year to two. Yeah, and you said in Kalani's, they played first year they played six. Yeah, 2016. Well, they did go nine and four. I think that you can as long as you pick the right ones. Keep picking the bottom of the barrel. Pick the Arizonas of the world. Pick the Cal's of the world. They've beaten Cal as an independent, haven't they not? 
And they they chose yeah. That's Bronco when they threw Bronco up and he hit the ceiling and scraped a scraped his hand or whatever. So you can do that, but knock off the elite and maybe you need to hope that uh, Utah decides to have some cajones and actually schedule a decent non-conference season for once in their lives and they don't want to play because they're actually playing much better competition. I don't know that Utah talks a good game on that, but they just don't ever do it. And we'll see if they ever accomplish a a decent non-conference schedule. I mean, they didn't have one this year. They didn't have one last year. I mean, they're going to Northern Illinois. Since they've been independent, they've gone to San Jose. They've gone to Northern Illinois. I mean, give me a break. But that's another topic for another day. 2026 is the year I think they won't play. Good. Well, then if you're Utah, I mean, you're BYU, you hope they do it. And they actually schedule real competition they in got, the non-conference they schedule. Got, they got Houston and Arkansas scheduled that year. I would be surprised if BYU were their third non-conference game. Well, then good. And then don't do it. And so then you take that opportunity to schedule a lower level. Utah's an upper level. Power five. Schedule a lower level. I think the problem is they're in a quandary because without a conference and out to, without playing for a conference championship and being able to have all conference and players of the week and all those things, if shiny helmets matter to kids, then certainly being the conference <laughs> offensive player of the week matters. Certainly being uh, all conference matters it just doesn't be able to hold up a banner and put a stage out there when you are in november and you win it and the commissioner is there and your fans are hooting and hollering maybe they won't hoot and holler as much because they know utah up the road is in the pac-12 i understand that but if you want to be competitive they're almost i believe they are forced to schedule these big time teams because if kids can't be all conference and they can't be conference player of the week and they can't play for a conference title then you're almost to the point of, if not actually being forced, to play big-name teams. Come play here, guys. Look who we play, and we will play on TV. Every one of our home games will be on ESPN for Mommy and Daddy and your buddies back in wherever, Saratoga or whoever, Sarasota. (laughs) Sarasota. (laughs) Wherever it might be. This is Saratoga out there in California. It's in California. Yeah. So I know what I'm talking about. Don't freaking correct me when <laughs> I'm right. But you said you said back. Don't correct. Me. <laughs> you said back. Back home, dork. There's ah. one in New York. Yeah. So whatever, whatever back you want, and you're about ready to get the front. <laughs> Saratoga, Although New York. Although a foot of mine is we're all those about, great athletes. <laughs> well, they got Jimmer from hey, there. I got a piece of mail. Yeah. Saratoga Springs, New York. So is where I got. I got it. Let me Utah. tell you, man. You want back? You're about to get the the foot in something that's the back. You keep it up. So. You've got no choice, essentially, but to schedule these big names to get kids excited. you you got two choices here. Go to a conference or schedule these big names. Because if you schedule the New Mexicos of the world and you're not in a conference, so you can't get a conference win, what's the point? So that's where the rock and a hard place finds you located. And right now, they're going to do what they've always done. They struggle against the better programs. They've always struggled. Lavelle was 7-15. and 15. 
They've always struggled against the big-name programs. Was that one year Ty Demmer went 0-3 and then they reeled off a bunch of wins against crappy competition? Florida State, UCLA, and Colorado, 0-3. Right. 1991. Right. So and that's they, who they are. And they won eight in a row. So why are we acting like BYU is not who they are right now? Really, they are. Because they're losing to Utah. But Utah is not Utah. Did the, Utah's the, not that Utah. This so Utah BYU hasn't Utah. changed. Utah changed. That's the difference. Utah changed. BYU has stayed the same. They have a coaching position. It's going to be an entry level. You're going to hire a coach who didn't have any head coaching experience. The only one that you did was Croton, and he was your worst one. Oddly. Yeah. Three of the three of the last four. Lavelle, Bronco, Kalani, and the coordinators. When have they hired a coordinator who has any experience at being a coordinator? Robert and I, no. Brandon Dolman, no. Ty Detmer, no. Jeff Grimes, no. Norm Chow, no. I mean, did you have to add on? Yeah, I did. Well, wasn't my because Norm made... was the most successful one. Yeah, but that was back when they were successful, and he was still. They hit on a guy who was a coordinator for the first. So time. what about BYU has changed? Utah. But that, second, that's not about them. And secondarily, Pac-12 schools coming and recruiting Utah hard and taking kids who I assume would have ended up at BYU in a different era. I don't know that. I can't assume any of uh, the assumptions are just equal speculation. So here's if you want to be what you were, then go back to being what you were. Get in a conference, play one or two decent programs, schedule a bunch of cream puffs in the conference. And Utah State's elevated its program substantially. I get that. Right? But Utah losing kids to Stanford shouldn't be a problem when you're playing Utah State. Should it? Well, those those were I mean, there's one argument to be made that those were the kids who were held to make sure you beat Utah State. I think Utah State's elevated itself aside from whatever BYU's going through. Being in the Mountain West right. has helped them. So getting coaches. BYU hasn't changed. The, other people have changed. They've right. changed. But you haven't changed. So if you want to be what you were, then go back and be what you were. But right now, you're not being what you were. You're independent and you're scheduling teams that you can't beat week after week. And so there's no soft spots in the schedule. Find a place where you had five or six soft spots every single year. That's it. Do it. And then you'll be just dandy. Your reaction to that idea. Next, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.